Welcome to the 2017 Holly Awards, and here to introduce the winner of the Best Theme Park Podcast, Woman BT. It's time to announce the winner of the party for the Best Theme Park Podcast. The nominees are Disney Dream Girls, Disney Brit, Unofficial Universal Orlando, and Diz After Dark. And the winner is Diz After Dark. A win right out of the blue for Diz After Dark. New lead host Nick, also known as Soap Dish, has been trying to change the format of the show and it looks like it has paid off as he makes his way to the stage to collect the rewards. Well, well, thank you. Um, Well, thanks to to Mr Boniface, um, who, you know, came up to me with the idea of of Diz After Dark and uh, was there from the beginning. Miss Dolan, who's been there, uh, after our first few episodes and remained ever since. Uh, Craig, who uh, is always pushing us along to, uh, to do our best and uh, you know, produce some good work. And of course, my new uh, co-hosts, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, uh, beautiful Amanda, and uh, P-Dubs himself, Paul Washington. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think of it as, as a team effort, uh, but at the same time, I do a lot of the work. So thank you. Uh, thank you for voting for us and thank you for your support uh, uh, who's this? whoa whoa hang on there Nicholas Uh, there seems to have been a bit of a mix up I wouldn't get too excited just yet because it turns out the winner of the best podcast is actually the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast of course was there ever any doubt so sorry it wasn't Diz After Dark so awesome yeah we're the winners Go on then, off you go, pet. Malibu. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning. This show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Diz After Dark. Craig, what episode is this? Don't know. Excellent. I am Nick, and this week, or this episode, I am joined by the aforementioned Mr. Craig Lucas. Buongiorno. Yes, he loves that Italian. Uh, The token female, Miss... (laughs) 
All right, Chris Ripley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good <know>. evening. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Ripley is here. Uh, Amanda, you are also here. I am. You are. Uh, I am. P dubs Paul Washington. Hello. He's joining us from his bed of sick. Not not literally made of sick, thankfully. <laughs> nice, nice. But uh, you know, and of course, what would disaster art be without more than one Paul, Mister Paul Dolan? The talking Scotsman. The talking Scotsman. What is a Welshman? Well, oh. sucky da. I don't even know what's going on. It's, it's if, quite... you, if you mix Welsh with Scottish, you get English. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I mean, first of all, before we start talking about this this um, Oscar special, Disaster Dark, um, I, I've well, got it's going to be mixed up then. I've got to I've got to talk about. Um, our, our dear Craig and his appearance on another podcast other podcasts are available uh, on the Grim Grinning Ghosts it's like Grim Grinning Hosts or the Grim Grinning Gays and on that episode after uh, a pretty public appeal by them to be honest well well, do you know do you know like Cream do you say rises to the top yes yeah well, shit always sinks to the bottom. <laughs> and if you get enough shit and put it together, you can get enough of them together. And that is the hosts of Grim Grinning. Hosts. <laughs> well, they they pleaded, pleaded for Craig and dear friend of the show, Mr. Lee Malaby, um, to do a duet. Um, not a biggie duet, but a duet of... Um, 500 miles by uh, the proclaimers and it is it is quite um uh, well what you get a sight to behold what is it when you're you've got sent to hear i don't know but it it's definitely something you need to experience uh, yeah definitely and I, you know i've got to be honest i was quite impressed with with lee's pipes i did tell him that the other day um but uh i i did have to wonder what it would have sounded like had Mr. D been involved as a Scotsman. Oh, I. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe people appeal enough. We can probably get Craig and Mr. D to do a version for our show. Strangely one, enough, I sound like Peter K. His version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I imagined it. Sort of Lee in the wheelchair and Craig pushing him. And <laughs> yeah, <now> I wake up. <laughs> I was actually. It was all uh, modern technology put brought it all together. So I was dancing around the living room uh, with my iPad in one hand, my iPhone in the other hand, and literally I recorded it on my Apple headphones. Yeah, yeah. Apple, into the Apple. voice recorder and just emailed it to Lee and Lee did the rest. Other products, of course, available. No, they're not. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can do one, Nick. You can literally do one. Uh, look, I'm I'm just doing it for the state of balance. I'm doing this on a recording this on a MacBook Pro, looking at my iPhone. So, what can I say about stuff? Um, anyway, um, as uh, as this show goes out, we have just uh, lived through another Oscars, which was quite exciting. They're not normally that exciting, but um, it was it was pretty good. Um, I think the host was very good. That's probably why. That's probably why it was it was so good. Other than the controversy, uh, controversy of course, which uh, did add to the legend of it. And uh, as, as me and the boss were talking about it this morning, um, 
point, Craig, that um, it's kind of made the Oscars a bit relevant again, in a way. Yeah. I know the Oscars is always a big thing, but the amount of headlines it got today because of the uh, snafu um, has really kind of, um, I, I think, upped, uh, upped the ante in uh, the popularity of it, or certainly the interest levels of the Oscars this year. Mm. That La La Land producer was not happy. No. How, how, right, did they manage to get hold of the wrong envelope? Like, what kind of divvy gives someone the wrong envelope at the Oscars? Well, I'm sorry, I was was tired. I was bloody tired. (laughs) Yeah, well, apparently, because everyone... (laughs) Well, my favourite thing is, is because uh, it, it's Price Waterhouse Cooper, which I thought was a made-up company in Mad Men, but apparently not. And um, they, yeah, people are like going, well, get rid of them. They can't do it properly. And um, what people don't seem to realise is that they've actually done this for the last 82 Oscars. What? Or something. Yeah, this isn't like they've just brought somebody in to do it. They have been doing this for the Oscars for, you know, almost forever. So, um, it's the first time it's happened. Now, lots of speculation as to how it happened, how it could have possibly happened, and everything like that. Um, it's pretty simple, actually. What they do is they have, uh, for every category, they have two envelopes. And they have all of those envelopes um, at either side of the stage. So, that means that if somebody is supposed to come from stage right, but actually comes from stage left because something's overran or, or whatever, they can still get, they can still walk on with the envelope. So there's two lots of, of every category. What happened, for some unknown reason, is as uh, Dick Tracy and Bonnie came <laughs> out, um, oh, come on, like no one else knows him for anything else. Um, as they came out, he was given the envelope for Best Supporting Actress. And what happened was when he... And obviously, like they don't look at the front of the envelope. Um, and when he's opened the envelope... Because, I mean, he's he's getting on a bit as well, Dick Tracy. I love the fact <laughs> he's still talking about doing a sequel to Dick Tracy, even though he's, like, 86. Um, and, you know, he's opened it, and it says, Emma Stone for La La Land. So he's I wouldn't seen... like to be... I wouldn't like to be the little Biff who has handed him that envelope. Oh. Well, then they're—I mean—they're not there this morning, are they? I mean, they have not even shown up for work. <laughs> that, that, you know, don't even bother. You know, um, and the thing is, like, you know, he's—he's he's seen La La Land, looked over at um, the woman from King Kong, nineteen seventies five, and um, or six, whatever it was, and kind of like gone, what do I do? And said La La Land, thinking that you know the. The, the page in front of him was slightly wrong and, you know, he took the film title. And then it's only when, like, all the producers were scrambling around, like, oh, no! That um, it was apparent that it was just a colossal balls-up. And that, and that's that's it, really. That's as simple as it gets. I, I couldn't work out, though, like you said, the man like, that had annoyed the producer was. I couldn't work out if he was or he wasn't. And um, I feel like he was fuming. He put on a fairly brave face about it. You know, I'll be proud to hand this trophy over. But yeah, no, when he's when he grabbed the envelope, yeah, snatched it, on, didn't he? He was fuming. Yeah, but, I suppose the thing is, I mean, it's it's very embarrassing, and you know, well, let's let's just be grateful it happened that way round. Because could you imagine if they'd read out um, Moonlight had won, 
and it was actually La La Land. Oh, it's been happening with the Oscars in the last few years. You know that that would have been even worse. So thankfully, it happened that way round. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it must be quite gutting. And what I don't get about the Oscars, right? So the directors won the best director for for La La Land, right? And yet, there's a better film. I, I never just... understand that. I, I don't. I don't get it. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd were pretty good in that program, though. Oh, uh, you know, well, it does seem like a, it does seem like a long time to wait. <laughs> yeah, and of course, um, oh, was it, was it Al Giroux? The theme tune, and he just died the other week. So yeah. I think it's a lovely tribute to him that yeah. finally his work for the themes of Moonlighting is being recognised. So uh, Amanda, you might Not have to Google him. No, no, indeed. Almost two people too late, but, but there you go. Anyway, that, the, that wasn't the only thing. I mean, we didn't want to just talk about the Oscars, but of course, uh, Disney didn't have uh, didn't have a bad night, I suppose. It did get Best Animated Feature, didn't it? What for? Zootopia. their films? I haven't seen that one. I've only seen Zootropolis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you funny They're man. both good. They're both good in their own way. Yeah. I um. Oh well. I because I haven't seen Moana. Um, but I um, like Moana. Yeah. Mona. Mona. Hey, Mona. Ooh, Mona. This is the episode that um Amanda will have to Google the most of any episode we've done. So far, we've yeah. referenced Moonlighting and Craig McLaughlin, and you won't have a play. Tell you Mona what I wanna. Oh, I'm singing now. I'm just. I'm gonna do an album. I'm literally gonna do an album. <laughs> yeah, as long as you do it for charity, that's fine. We can't. We can't make our patrons pay for that. Um. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Zootropolis or Zootopia, depending on where you are in the world. Um, I liked it. Um, my wife thought it was quite heavy-handed. Um. But, but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. But I think people were generally a bit upset that they, well, uh, that won over Kuba and the Two Strings. Every I've heard day. that's amazing. Yeah, everyone, everyone I've seen it has absolutely raved about it. And yeah, people seem to be more upset that that won than. Uh, What's that about? Uh, it's about uh, a guitar with two strings. Oh God. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a stop Give motion. Give it an Oscar. Fucking hell. It's a stop. It's a stop motion animated film. Um, it's a company that did uh, things like uh, uh, Coraline and um, Box Trolls and Paranorman and stuff like that. Um, their, their films are generally pretty good, actually. A lovely art style, but Kubo is one that everyone raved about. So I was surprised it it, it didn't. Um, and also, oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, people are also whinging about Suicide Squad. Oh, and right That's my so. cop. Yeah. Rightfully so. How can that, you know, how can Suicide Squad get away with winning an Oscar? It's just ridiculous. And did you know last night was the first, they, they got the first Oscar for a Harry Potter film? What? And it, even, and it didn't even yeah. star Harry Potter. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them got best costume design. And, and rightfully so, to be fair. I mean, that film, uh, production-wise, was, was stunning. They did that really well. We did, When we saw it, we wondered if it'd be nominated. Uh, but that's the first film uh, in, the, in the Potter franchise that's actually got an Oscar, which is quite amazing. Um, but Dizzy did win another award last night. 
at the Oscars. The Jungle Book won an award. They did? Oh. Yeah. For uh, visual effects. Visual effects, yeah. yeah. Oh. Did he? He did. They do, though, don't they? They do, though, don't he, though? You should have said, no, Doddy. No, Doddy. Now, again, <laughs> I, look, I don't want get a man to Google too much. Her fingers are going to get sore. So, <laughs> you know. What, what are you laughing at? Anyway. Amanda knows who Ken Dodd is. He's everyone. And those Ken Dodd is. Okay. Have you heard about Ken Dodd's dad's dog? I have. Dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. But Disney, Disney had a better Oscars than Dick Tracy. That's that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we're now coming into uh, the new film season. I mean, technically, the new film season, of course, starts on the 1st of January, but it's March time now when all the big films start to come out. Yes, Power Rangers, I'm looking at you. Um, I'm joking, What did Star Wars win? Sweet, uh, sweet FA. Nothing. That's a disgrace. Yeah, got nominated. Rogue, yeah, I think Rogue One got nominated for a few sound awards. Yeah. Uh, and, and things like that. I mean, Star Wars films never generally... They might get nominated for effects. They might get nominated for sound editing or, or sound mixing or something like that. It's never any of the, the major awards. It's too lowbrow, isn't it? So, yeah, no, nothing for Star Wars. Um, but, yep, yeah, this is the start of the season. And one of the. Season of the Force? No, that's the next show, Craig. Oh. <laughs> getting too far ahead of yourself. This is a movie special. Which we are recording next. Yeah. Can I just oh. say, right, uh, is anyone drinking? Oh, for God's sake, Craig, well done. All night. Uh, I'm on the cause late. Cheers. Oh. I'm on a copper bug. Leave Cheers. <laughs> Cherry Pepsi Max and behave myself tonight after Saturday shenanigans. <laughs> I've been on the rum. Young, dumb and full of rum. I say that every time now. Band on the rum. <laughs> Amanda? Chris on the rum. <laughs> Amanda Budweiser? Obviously. Oh, obs. Uh, Pete, obs. Are, you on, are you on the night nurse or the Lemsip? <laughs> Lemsip. <laughs> yeah. oh, you don't Pete, have night such nurse, a beaut. I know. Such a beaut. Such a shot of vodka in it. His version of a hot bit toddy. of whiskey. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember when I recorded a show drinking hot toddies? That was a fun show. <laughs> I always when you recorded the show sitting in the back garden. I do remember. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Getting the, the neighbours looking out the window at me. Yeah, that was that was uh, good times. Um, anyway, back onto topic. And it is the start of the big film releases. And Disney have got quite a few big films, I think, coming out this year. Cars 3, which no one should be interested in, but every time I see a trailer for it, it looks better and better. It's a dream. Last night's one was... Last night's was great, the trailer that they released. Oh. I, I don't, oh, my God. I don't get why it's as dark as it is. I love the fact it's as dark as it is, but it's supposed to be a kiddie film. It's uh, they've got balls to do it. I, I'm 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 impressed. I had no that, when I announced it, I had no interest in cars for you at all. That's going to hurt if you've got balls and you're the car because you're bombing along every time you go over the speed bump, boink boink. Oh, Hollywood, no Hollywood one. tape. 
No wonder he crashed. <laughs> Can I just say, right? Cars okay. Land, the cars in Cars Land, their animatronics are better than that Navi that they've released. Yeah, you know what? Those that that car attraction, I've only seen right on videos. I've, I've not been out to California, but they when I first saw them, I couldn't believe how good they looked. Oh, they're amazing! And that Navi, because they released a new <laughs> trailer for uh, Smurfland. Uh, Animal Kingdom, and um, uh, yeah, that that Navi animatronic, I cannot get my head around it. It, it looks quite scary, actually. It's the one without any arms or body. <laughs> it's got shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it, cut, it cuts off just below the shoulders. Yeah, no, it's definitely got shoulders. It could have arms. It hasn't. It has a good arms. I've seen, I've seen the picture, and it literally ends just below the chest and what? just below the shoulders. Just like King Kong. Yeah, just stick some, yeah. Stick some foliage around it. No, no, no. He's, he's armless. That's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> what they've done with the Navi. Oh, man. Yeah, I, 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 that, that I thought was a bit disappointing, actually. As you say... I like, can't remember what that. the Navi are. Are they the green things or the blue things? The blue things. Green oh, things? God. The smurfers. What's, what's the green things? Oh no, they're the trees, aren't they? Sorry. <laughs> There's about as much personality in the trees as there is in Sam Worthington, so I'd actually I'd actually argue there's probably more acting talent in the tree than Sam Worthington. It's amazing how he's not made a film in five years, isn't it? Really. Wrath of the Titans, that's what happens after you do that. Uh, I was thinking more Terminator Salvation. Oh yeah. <laughs> The only time I've regretted actually paying a pound for a Blu-ray. Actually, <laughs> felt cheated. Um, yeah, so that didn't. That doesn't look very good. Uh, that's for sure. But yeah, no, Cars. Cars is looking good. Um, is there a? Is there another Disney animated film? Is Coco out at the end of the year? Yes. There's not even been a trailer for release for that yet, which is quite surprising. But. Uh, yeah, the rumours on that are that it's 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 looking quite good, but until I see anything, I can't really pass judgment. And and then we've got the massive superhero films of uh, Thor Ragnarok, which it's a Thor film, so immediately you should lower your expectations. But it's got a really good director, so then maybe raise them a little bit because those comedy bits they've been doing have been brilliant. Uh... Him and his roommate. As long as they carry on like that, it'll be fine. Can't be any worse than Thor 2. Electric uh, Thor for me has become the joke of the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can understand why. But it, look, it can't be worse than 2, that, that's for sure. And then, in April, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's the one. Which is, they're releasing a new trailer tomorrow, which I'm not going to watch. I am. No, I cannot. Like, I, I already know it's going to be great. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. My uh, my daughter asked me to put the trailer on again for her yesterday. She was asking. She was asking for uh, dancing Groot. We couldn't work out at first what she was asking for, but then we worked out it was dancing Groot. So we put the trailer on for her again. Um, yeah, I just don't need to see any more of it. I just want to go. I just want to see the film. I just want to see the film. And just have yeah. It. Disney was it Disney? It was all like the like the superhero movies. They put too many. Trailers out, don't they? Trailer one, trailer two, trailer three, the the pre-trailer trailer of the trailer, and basically they did that with Batman versus Superman, didn't he? 
they, they're doing it for all the big films now. I mean, Avengers, I think Avengers, they had, uh, sorry, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, they had trailer, I think the first trailer was about a year before it came out. Or a good eight, nine months before it came out. Um, but yeah, basically, if you're, if you're a blockbuster film now, you're going to have two or three trailers. Uh, it's just too many, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to avoid it, but not because I'm not interested, just because I don't want anything more to be revealed. I just want to see the goddamn film. Um, but, uh, in terms of traditional Disney, they're releasing one of its most, um, I'd say, controversial live-action remakes so far. Dumbo. <laughs> not this year. Not this year. And I can't believe they convinced Will Smith to play Dumbo. That's shocking. Um, what? He's pulled out. He's pulled out now. See, see, Amanda. He's not, he's not in it. <laughs> Gary Lineker's taking over. Um, <laughs> Packed up his trunk. Or Charlie, um, Charlie Prince Charlie. Um, but no, controversial because they've remade one of Disney's most beloved uh, animated films, and that, of course, is Beauty and the Beast. Which comes I didn't out, really like it. It's overrated for me. What? Well, well, hang on. What the, you, what the like the nineteen ninety one classic? Yeah. The first Disney, the first animated film to be nominated for the best Oscar, best film Oscar. Yeah. You're a whopper. What? American and English listeners, Google that. Yeah, uh, I'm a whopper. You're a whopper. Uh, look, it can't be as bad as E.T. Let's just carry on. <laughs> oh, that's fucking God. That is there, boy. Oh. Just gag out. Anyway, <laughs> I think I think Beauty and the Beast uh, over the last probably over the last year actually, um, since they first started releasing production photos, has really seemed to divide the Disney fan community. Um, some people are excited. To, to see it. Other people think it's a complete abomination based purely on trailers uh, that have come out. Um, and it's coming out in the UK and America. I think the same time, the 17th of March, I believe, is, is mm-hmm. the launch day for that. Um, but we do have somebody whose opinion I, I do actually care about. You might have actually <laughs> seen the film. We have an exclusive, don't we? We do. You might have went to see it. Who went to see it? Amanda. I wish I wasn't special enough to get an invite. Yeah, we've got to work on that. We've got to work on that. (laughs) If you lived up the road, I could have taken you, but... Not a euphemism. Yeah. So, Mr. Ripley... Yes, sorry. ...got a very special invite... I did. ...to go and see I thought they were... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Well, Craig swore about 12 times... Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was a piss take when I got the invite originally, <laughs> because I'm quite well known in the fan community as being a, a, a Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights like historian and writer. So I couldn't really fathom why the first a thousand people in the UK that they or in the world that they were going to show this film to Disney thought, I know what we need to do. That geek that runs that uh, Halloween Horror Nights website, let's invite him along. Um, but maybe, maybe he thought, ah, oh, but he also goes on Diz After Dark. That's what it was. I think it was the Diz After Dark connection, to be fair. It could be. It could well be. 
It could well be. Definitely some woolly back behaviour going on. But why? <laughs> just, just crazy. So go on. So you want to hear about it? Oh, I. Okay. I, I pulled up a pew. <laughs> okay. Cafe. <laughs> well, it was a little bit of a. Um, I wouldn't say a con, but a little bit of a fiddle was going on because we was invited to the first world screening of Beauty and the Beast, the new film, and it was called the Gala Presentation, and that's all it was. It was said smart casual, um, no red carpet, no paparazzi, it's not a premiere, um, it's low-key, don't tell everyone about it, um, just turn up and see the film. That's what we were told. So, okay, so we get there, and there's lots of people there that, you know, they're just wearing jeans and trainers and, you know, usual stuff. And um, we get in and we're sitting down and the film's meant to start. I think it was half seven and it didn't. And we kept waiting and we waiting. And then suddenly these very, very hench looking security guards with things in their ears and ill fitting blazer jackets started appearing at all the fire exits. Um and then because I was sitting next to, I was on the end of, the, of an aisle near a fire exit, um, one of these security guards on the radio, I overheard, uh, the talent are on their way, the talent are on their way. And you thought thinking, I was turning up? Well, I was thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know, the talent's already here, who are we waiting for? Um, <laughs> so it was at the Odeon in Leicester Square, and typically uh, with that, if you go to a premiere, the people that have been invited, like the press and all the other people, sit on the stalls on the ground floor. And all the people, like the stars and all the production crew, all the important people, sit up on the first tier in the balcony. So while we were sitting there waiting, and as I heard the, the security card say this, I look up at the balcony and there's loads of empty seats. So you put two and two together. I start looking at Twitter and I realise that they are having a premiere that evening but it's in a, uh, some mansion near Hyde Park. Then I was speaking to another chap in the auditorium, and it turned out that they had a fake premiere. I don't know how much this is true, but a fake premiere at Hyde Park where they had a red carpet and they all turned up in their ball gowns and blah, 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 and all the paparazzi were there. And then as soon as they got inside this mansion in Hyde Park, they then jumped out the back into limousines and came straight to the Odeon. To actually you watch the film. That's so, that's so much of a mess on. Well, it is, isn't it? And I, I was talking to another chap afterwards, and he said to me that he thinks this was all Emma Watson's doing because she doesn't like being crowded by fans and the paps and all the really? other people. Yeah, that's what he's... They did the same with Doctor Strange, though. Did they? Yeah, because I went down because there was meant to be a premiere, and when we got there, they said, oh, no, we're not doing one. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a fan screening this evening yeah um for people that have won it but they're doing like a a press evening and it was at westminster cathedral oh right um and they did the press press screening and then they all turned up at the fan event right okay well when they when they did eventually turn up they did go up and sit in the balcony and watch the film so i can only imagine that this mansion in uh hyde park didn't have a a handy cinema in the basement or enough space enough yeah enough space to all sit around a vhs and watch it um so that we heard that and then about i don't know 10 minutes later the lights dimmed and uh the little blonde scottish 
lady who was on Radio 1 for a while. What was her name? Edith Bowman. Yeah, Edith Bowman came on stage. I uh, Just to interrupt you there, I was at the premiere for Tron Legacy. Yeah. Uh, and Edith Bowman interviewed me on the live stream to talk wow. about the Tron trainers that I was wearing. Awesome. Yeah. Did you get a copy of that? No, but um, my friend um, was working in a post house a few months later, and uh, the company, he was working for the company that did that, and it happened to be on one of their showreels. And he's like, I've just seen you. And I was like, oh, because I had no idea that it was actually going out. I was told it was, but yeah, they did like a live stream of the event. I don't own the footage myself, unfortunately. But if anyone does, email us. I've heard that she does actually quite a few. Yeah, yeah, um, she's her and her and Alex Zane. Alex Zane, yeah, because yeah. I, I remember seeing the Spider-Man premiere, and he, it was Alex Zane was doing that one. Mm. Um, although strangely, Spectre had David Walliams. There's a fact for you. I I, I imagine <laughs> that I'm I'm guessing it was probably because it was like a royal premiere. Yeah. Or something like Prince's Trust or something. Mm. So that would kind of make sense, but yeah, I know, yeah. Hey, Diz After Dark listeners, I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hotty, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember... Keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. So she comes on and I can't remember what she said. She was only on for very, very, you know, only seconds. And then she introduced Bill Condon, who's the director of the film. Yep. And he came on to center stage and he spoke for probably about five, ten minutes about the film. He said that they'd only finished production of the film in terms of post-production two weeks ago. Wow. He said for... Everyone that's been invited tonight, everybody, including all the production staff, this is probably the first time that anybody has seen this film other than myself and the editors. What? <laughs> yep. So the pressure was on, really was on, because he, he said that they had to get it done because this was like their deadline and they'd missed a previous deadline or something. Um, he also said um, that this film is very much an, an English film or a, or a British film. Um, he said that it was filmed almost entirely in, in Britain. Um, the cast is mostly British people. Um, and although the story is a wholly famous French uh, story, uh, fairy tale, if you like, um, he said that because of the way in which the UK government supported the film, uh, cut back, uh, not cutbacks. Um, tax credits. Tax credits, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> I think that's what he was getting at. Uh, that he wanted to make it as, as English as he possibly could. So... You know, take from that what you will. I think that was just a nice... Maybe he was just saying that because everyone in the audience was probably... Well, mostly British. I know there was there was a few uh, international uh, rep- uh, reporters there. Do you not think it could be the fact that um, until um, Donald Trump got elected that the world hated <laughs> France? Or everyone in America now wants to be English again. <laughs> yes. That could be the other idea. Um, so then he, he finished speaking and then he introduced the two producers of the film who nobody had heard of and they came on and they just said 
we're so proud to be part of this production. Uh, we're glad that Disney uh, finally pushed the button on it because they've been toying with the idea for quite a long time, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Going back uh, around the millennium, it had been wow. sort of muted about. Um, but they finally uh, pushed the button on it. Um, and then he said, ladies and gentlemen, Alan Menken. Wow. So, and he was the original um, guy that did all the songs, and he came back to do all the songs for this one. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so he said that he completely ignored the uh, Broadway show that he produced. He said he went back to the original subject material, and he expanded uh, and slightly altered and sort of updated as well a lot of the songs. Um, and he said that also a lot of the songs that he wrote for the West End show, the Broadway show, he said we, we didn't use them. We actually wrote some new ones. So it's got a lot of the old songs that are sort of extended and um, probably better in many ways, if you can call them better. And some of these new songs that he's written specifically for this film. Wow. And it is quite musically. I mean, I would say this film is a musical rather than it being a Disney film that has songs. Because um, there is a lot of songs. And I thought that was one of the problems with films like Cinderella. You're expecting to hear those classic iconic tunes, aren't you? Mm. And they didn't have them in it. I mean, Jungle Book, I think, had two or three. Yeah. But this film has all those songs from the original plus more. And I think that is a you know, a really, really good idea because a lot of these Disney films are so iconic because of their soundtracks. So to ignore the soundtracks, I think, is a big mistake on these these remakes that they've done. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't remember. I I couldn't imagine if they did. And I I know there's been talk of like doing the Little Mermaid. Um, I know there's a, a rival production that's not Disney that they're talking about doing a live action Little Mermaid. But um, if they did a Disney live action Little Mermaid film without the songs, um, mm-hmm. I just don't think it would work. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Definitely. Good. So this is, I think if this film is successful, which I'm, I, I, I don't know if I said it on this podcast or where I said it, but I remember saying last year, I think this film will be the highest grossing film for Disney this year. And I still think that I'm even more confident that this film will be their highest grossing film because it is absolutely fantastic. You do and know that Star Wars Episode Eight is coming out this year though. Yes, yeah, Star Wars Episode Eight is, <laughs> I think, I think Beauty and the Beast will top that. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is that good. But anyway, Ellen Menken was talking at length about the soundtrack. He then introduced uh, Sir Ian McKellen. He came on, said two lines, and then he introduced Stanley Tucci. And I've got a story about him. I'll come back to him. He then introduced Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson introduced a little boy that played Chip. Chip introduced Gaston, and all the girls in the audience started going crazy. (laughs) Uh, Gaston, the actor, he then introduced, is it Josh Gates? Uh, Josh, Josh Gad, Gad, yeah, and and he's a, a really funny guy. And he he when he did his bit because they were introducing each other. So then he did, and the guy that ruined Christmas for Downton Abbey, Dan Stevens, <laughs> <laughs> and he came on, and then he introduced uh, Emma Emma Watson, um, and then she spoke for about five or ten minutes about how this was her childhood dream, essentially, because this is her favourite film ever. Mm. This is her dream role. I mean, she said that, um, and that she can't, she couldn't believe once she'd signed the contract and was actually in the costume on day one doing the thing, that her sort of seven-year-old self would have seen herself grow up to play this character that she, as a child, absolutely adored. Yeah. 
she said, I knew all the words to the songs, you know, I know the story back to front. And I, you know, she was so passionate about this project, which sometimes with her, you don't get that. When I've seen her in interviews talking about Harry Potter, you don't see her talking that passionately, but talking about this film, she was incredibly passionate. Well, I think I'm sure I remember seeing or, or, or reading an interview rather than seeing, but, um, back in the early Potter days, so I'm talking maybe film two or three. Yeah. That was asked. That question was asked. And she said, I would you know, if they ever made a live action Beauty and the Beast, that would be my dream role. So yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think that's that's hyperbole. I think that is completely mm. genuine. So um, do I. And I think the fact that I mean can you imagine it's like me wanting to be Luke Skywalker and thirty you know, I I become like a a bit of an actor and you know 30 years later i become luke skywalker in a remake of star wars or another star wars film or something you wouldn't be able to convince your little self that could even be possible so for that to actually happen to you must be incredible even if you're you know you know i'm not an actor but even if you're an actor the chance of you actually being able to get your dream role from when you were mm. a child has got to be such a low percentage so oh, yeah i'm really pleased that that it's worked out in that regard oh yeah and i'm still waiting for the phone call from the bbc to take over the role as doctor who but i don't know if it'll ever <laughs> you don't like it'll to winter enough exactly <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so when she came on stage when dan stevens introduced her, everyone was shouting and cheering and people were going we love you and all this sort of stuff and i was like why didn't you do your voice on green dots <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I, I did say that and i did get a few people look at me going what the fuck are you talking about uh, <laughs> um yeah so then she they they all went off the stage and then and then the film um started and it follows exactly the same storyline as the original um as I said, the songs are all expanded and they're all really perfect. All the sing, all the singing voices are all top draw. The only one I thought wasn't as good as the original in terms of the songs was the iconic um, one that Angela Lansbury sung. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the, the main overture uh, song when they're dancing because Emma Thompson sings it. But what? And the only thing I picked up on was Angela Lansbury when she sung it was. Um, What's the opening line again? Uh, the tale is old as time. You know, that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she does it in that sort of Cockney accent. And then she sort of breaks that and sings in her normal singing voice. Uh, and I think that's brilliant. But Emma Thompson sang in a fake Cockney accent for the whole thing. Yeah. So she's obviously told to do that. But I, I think that may have been a mistake on their yeah. part. But, but anyway, in terms of all the other stuff, um, the film is incredibly funny. It doesn't borrow any jokes, really, from the original. They're all completely new. Um, a few of the characters, uh, their characterization is, is developed further, so they're sort of more 3D, and they take on different... I mean, for example, um, Josh Gad's uh, role as um, LeFru, is it? LeFru, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's so much more funnier and so rich than what that original one was. Mm. Um and it, it takes on, I mean, I won't spoil it too much, but there's this kind of, does he fancy Gaston or is he kind of like Gaston's best friend? You know, you don't really yeah. know. 
and and Josh sort of plays up to that. Um, and there's lots of um, uh, physical comedy with falling over and and stuff like that. And then when they sing the the Gaston song in the tavern, for example, um, you know that is very similar. Um, very similar to, to the the song that's in the original film. The only thing that's different about his tavern is they don't um, have that same big iconic chair that Gaston oh, sits on. I yeah, I know. I don't know why they didn't have that because Magic Kingdoms, you know, they've got yeah. one there, haven't they? That's the bit of the film that I'm most excited for. I love Gaston. Yeah, and he and he does it very well. That actor, um, whose name I can't remember. Luke Evans. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's it. Um, and he actually sings really well. Um, I was actually very surprised who plays Lumiere. Okay. Um, because... Anyone know? Yeah, I do. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor, who's a famous Scot, doing a, a French accent. He's fluent in French. Yeah, I heard this. Is mm. that true? His, his wife's French. Oh, okay. Well, he does a very good French accent. And he sounds very similar to the original, actually, I'd say. Okay. Um, whereas Ian, um, Ian McKenna, uh, his one is uh, Ian McKellen. His voice is very different, I think, to the original Cogsworth. Yes. Um, and then they have some new characters as well. Um, there's uh, a few different actors um, and actresses. Who, who there's one that plays like a large wardrobe um, that you only briefly see in the original, but you see quite a lot of that character. And then Lumiere's girlfriend, who's the like feather duster. You see quite a lot of her as well. Can I make a guess at who plays the large wardrobe? You can. Is it Miranda Hart? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> no, I, you know, I can just imagine her as a as a, as a massive wardrobe. <laughs> oh, clumsy me! Yeah. No, I think the lady that plays him. I could be wrong. I think she won the American X Factor. I could be wrong though. Is the beast all CGI or is he Muppet? <laughs> Um, to be honest with you, I think he was all CGI, but I couldn't tell. Yeah. It was that good. Oh, right. I think he had to be CGI because the Beast has those weird legs. Um, like like the close-up shots, you know, was any of them like Muppet or... No, I, th- I think they were all CGI. See, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was, if it was make... I mean... The legs definitely will be... It'll probably be a job of him wearing some uh, green trousers. Um, yeah. But I... Th- and I don't know for sure, but I thought that the the face, the head, was, was made up. It, it could have been. It could have been. I, it looks I, good, I, whatever. I mean, I've got to say, it does, I think it looks really good. I think the, the problem is with these kind of events is you get stuck wherever you get stuck. And I was sort of third row from the front, right next to the toilets. And it's not the best view to watch something. So I need to pay and go back and see it again. I really do. But I couldn't tell, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, so you've got all the original songs, um, lots of action. There's loads of action in the film. Um, and a lot of the scenes where there are sort of suspenseful things and action and that sort of thing, uh, those have been expanded. Um, so they they play very very well, better than the original. There's also a few new characters, as I said, like with the items in the castle, but other characters that are new to the picture that sort of move the story on and make the story a little bit more believable than than in the original film. Um, 
And there, there isn't any bad performances in the film. Everybody, even Kevin Klein, who I don't rate, even he actually does a very good performance playing her father. Oh, I like Kevin Klein. I mean, well, I don't I do, like but... all of his film choices, Wild Wild West. No, but I like him, but he's gone a bit, bit um, Robert De Niro. You know where they don't care anymore? Yeah, well, you're, he's married to Phoebe Cates, so oh. yeah, I'd probably feel the same way as well. <laughs> Are you messing? What? What, who? Me? Yeah. What, Phoebe Cates? Yeah. Yeah, it's why she she uh, she gave up acting to look after it, to, like, you know, become a full-time mum, basically, for their kids. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Though. And she's still really stunning. That's what I mean. Yeah, oh, so beautiful. Still. I'd say more so now than in Gremlins. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I don't know what more I can say, really, without ruining the um, uh, film for everybody. Did Is there any questions? The Do you know what? I didn't, but I looked round and there were people sobbing. Oh, Hearts of stone. Okay. They were, I, I was, no, no, I'm okay. But there were people, because there's, this, there, you know how all these films have a happy ending? This film, honest to God, was the first time I thought Disney's going to really screw this up and not have a happy ending. And I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And I'm looking around and there's these people going, oh my God, the beast, he was so heroic. And blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and then obviously, you know what happens. But um, the other thing as well, and I maybe it was because of the venue we were in, but there were songs and sequences, particularly the Be Our Guest sequence, where people were clapping and cheering. Wow. The audience, particularly all of us groundlings in the stalls, were absolutely <laughs> cheering our hearts out um, during that sequence. And that sequence has been expanded. It's all CGI, as we know, but it was phenomenal. And they finally answer, and I think they did it wrong, but they finally answer what the grey stuff is. So if you see the film, it will tell you what the grey stuff is. But Grouts. I don't think people at the Magic Kingdom will be very happy about this choice. <laughs> is, it, uh. is, it, is it grout? No. Oh. It's is not it something beast? you particularly Be- want to eat, though. It's beasts, not. <laughs> no. Earwax. The brains. No. So, earwax. Close. <sighs> Uh, well, that's that's enough of a spoiler. So, um, you you, are, you said you, I think you opened the floor to, for questions. So, one question that I have, and it's uh, a question that has always another question that's divided the, the Disney community, is the name of the beast when he's not the beast. Do they actually refer to who he he is when he's not this- the beast? At the start of the film, there's quite a long uh, sequence that shows you why he was turned into the beast, much more than the original film. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may have mentioned what his name was, Prince something or other, but I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. I wasn't really looking for that. But I, they did explain his backstory. And you do, because of that, you do feel, you do kind of sympathise um, with him. Um, and you see the story of how he became that that creature, and then essentially the film starts as the as the other one starts. Is Harry Enfield in it? Not that I saw. So I thought I saw him in in the opening bell song. 
They released a clip of it the other week. Yeah, no, he's not in that yeah. sequence at no. all, no. Okay. The um, Stanley Tucci, by the way. Yes. Um, he plays a, uh, is it a harpsichord? One of those old-fashioned pianos? It's a piano, isn't it? No, those like old classical Regency style ones. Uh, I don't think they're called a piano. Is it a harpsichord? People have to so, let, yeah. write us in. Yeah, am I right? Yeah, well, he plays one of those so. in the actual. He actually plays it at the start of the sequence, and then he uh, becomes that as the piece of furniture that he becomes. Right. But funny story with Stanley Tucci was a couple of years ago. Do you remember they had Monty Python at the O2? Mm. Well, we got tickets to go and see it, and we were sitting. Um, because I paid for them. We were sitting literally in the back row at the O2 watching Monty Python. And it was a really good show, but mm. I, we couldn't really see much of it just because we were so far back. And then a few days later, they said, you could have l- really cheap tickets if you want to come again, because they had extended it and many, not many people had bought tickets. So we thought, well, if we pay a, a slightly more money, we could go again. And we did, and we sat down near the front. And... Uh, the reason I mention this is sitting down the front, there was not many, but there was a few like celebrities. I mean, there was Jimmy Carr. And every time there was a joke, you heard. Oh, he's such a bleat. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes me so angry. Yeah. There was. Uh, Eddie is up. <laughs> but he Please. went to every single showing of that show. Uh, he was in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. I love he, Eddie is up. I love yeah. Eddie is up. I think he, he is did he not perform with them as well. On one of the nights, he may have gone on stage one night. Yeah. yeah, he's got a phenomenal leg in them high heels. <laughs> true. He was there on a date with the girl that used to be Sylvester McCoy's um, companion in Doctor Who. Sophie no. Aldred. Yeah. Oh, oh, baby, that would be a beautiful baby. One of my first yeah. crushes was Ace. Yeah, I loved it. Ding. Ace was awesome. Punching above his weight, like. <laughs> anyway, um, Stanley Tucci was there, and he was sitting a few seats down from me. And I got up halfway and went to the loo, and it turned out that also Stanley Tucci had gone up to go to the loo at the same time. So I walk into the toilet, and Stanley Tucci comes up behind me. Touches you. We sort of nod at each other like a gentlemanly nod, as in, oh, my fucking God, it's Stanley Tucci. So I'm standing next to him at the urinals. And I'm going, don't look at his penis. Don't look at his penis. Don't look at his penis. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm standing next to an A-list celebrity. You know what I mean? Anyway, I didn't. And then um, we came out and we sort of, uh, I held the door open for him when we came, uh, walked back to our seats and we sort of nodded. And I didn't have the courage to... um, say hello to him or anything anyway during beauty and the beast there was this section i can't remember what section it was now but it was a kind of i think it's where maurice uh, her father uh, um gets attacked by the wolves it was just after that and then it was uh bell and and uh, the beast doing something you know falling in love basically so i thought all right i know what's going to happen i'm going to nip to the loo anyway nip to the loo <laughs> i'm not making this up Stanley Tucci held the door open for me. <laughs> so I went, oh, Deja Vu. And he just looked at me and went, hi. <laughs> and he just walked in. <laughs> oh, you should have explained it would have been hilarious. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But, but, I don't know yeah. why I got starstruck. But honest to God, I've never actually physically spoken to the man. But he's very courteous and he, is, he seems like a very nice man. And he's got a really lovely knob. 
<laughs> I was going to say, never spoken to him, but looked at his cock. I didn't look. I didn't look. No, I didn't. said, nice to see you in your knob again. Why <laughs> <laughs> get your hands off my knob? <laughs> Can I touch a toochie? <laughs> Stanley's Tucci goes in Emma Blunt's sister, so you know, let's. She's a national treasure, so you know, watch watch yourselves. Blimey. (laughs) Um, He plays a very good part, which has been created in this film, basically, this this (laughs) piano thing. A knob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least we've got our show title. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. That was cool. Um, oh, so dear. other than other than Stanley Tucci's penis, there's not much else really to talk about Beauty and the Beast without ruining it. Did you did you see it in uh, two dimensions or three dimensions? Uh, well, his penis would have been in. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, no, you no. Should have said, in... Do you think <laughs> my beasts are beauty? <laughs> <laughs> he has been on the sherry tonight, hasn't he? Oh God! <laughs> no, I saw it in two D. In two D. Okay. Because I'm, I'm quite because it's the first. Uh, oh no, no, Jungle Book was 3D as well, wasn't it? Um, it's the first kind of uh, princess film uh, that's that's been filmed in 3D, because uh, well, Maleficent it wasn't really a princess film in, in my opinion, and yeah. Cinderella wasn't. But um, yeah, I'm interested to to. Uh, but yeah. I can say this: I think it is better than the original film. No. Oh dear! I honestly. Oh. Oh. Echo. 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 <laughs> so I think you should definitely go and see it. And I'm not just saying that because I got a compo ticket. It is genuinely a brilliant film. You're paying to see okay. It, so pop in pop after dark. We grade all our movies out of a hundred because I don't believe in none of this three out of five and all that palaver. <laughs> I get angry. <laughs> So, out of 100, what are you giving it? Oh, um, 89. Oh, that's very specific. That's why we went with the 100, you see, because it can be specific. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Right, uh, and so for our other sponsor of the show, um, we have Wendy Pratter at Magical Journeys Travel. Yeah, we do. Yeah. The, the very beautiful looking Wendy Prater. Is she is she on your um, to do list? Like if you meet her in real life, you're allowed to. She's um, you know when you open the wallet. Yeah, she, she's the picture in my wallet. I get you. I get you. But other than our lust uh, for Wendy, um, her and her magical journeys are there to help you plan your next Disney vacation. So whether that's a Disney cruise or a trip to Disney World, Wendy can help you by getting your reservations at midnight, getting those all-important Be Our Guest dining reservations or meet and greets with Anna and Elsa. And uh, I think, if you quote this podcast, Craig, get a bit of a discount on your uh, deposit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, $25 off, yeah. There you go. So, next time you want to book a holiday, give Wendy at Magical Journey Travels a little tinkle at WPMagicJourneys.com or on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys. God bless Wendy and all that sail in it. Um, well, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna pull my soapbox out and I'm gonna stand on it, but I'm not gonna unleash the full wrath. 
Um, you haven't got but, the full rat in you anymore. You're a bit of a soft lad now. Thank you. I'm being polite. There's been far too many knob jokes tonight for me to, to, to try and <laughs> I was going to say, the occasion. good job Stanley Tate was soft as well. <laughs> You'd have known if he wasn't, mainly because it sprayed everywhere. But, um, so before you went to see this, this film, Chris, um, there was, and I, I've seen this a lot, I've seen lots of threads on uh, Facebook, Disney Facebook groups and pages of uh, people talking about the new Beauty and the Beast and most of uh, most of the opinion is, oh, it's not going to be very good because Emma Watson, have you seen her seeing, blah, blah, you know, all this kind of stuff based purely on trailers, right? And um, Have you seen her doll? <laughs> well, it's Justin, all based on the doll. Her Justin Bieber doll. Yeah, the Simon Simon Weston of dolls. Now, <laughs> there there have been some people that have said, right, and I I this is where I jumped up. Some people have turned around and said this film is going to ruin the original film for them. This is what no. I this is what I said. Oh boo hoo! This is ruining <laughs> the this is ruining the original. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> the animated I'm, not film. Going to, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. I'm not going to be angry. Uh, no, no, I didn't say I wasn't going to get angry. I'm just, I'm just, I wasn't going to do a full rant like I would do. I'm just reading out what I wrote back to some poor, poor American lady. The animated film is still there, but hey, let's make a decision based on some trailers. Disney feel uh, Disney fans can be the best and worst at times. I don't want a shot for shot remake. I want an adaption. No one is forcing you to watch it. I, for one like the original, and cannot wait to see this new interpretation. And my whole point is that I'm sick of people judging films just on trailers. That should give you an idea of whether or not it might be something you want to see. I get that. But people are just going, it's ruining the original. It's going to be terrible, based on a few trailers. And to be honest, I I don't think the trailers have been bad at all. All trailers have actually made me want to go and see this film. But I think people have got this in their heads. Oh, well, she doesn't look like how I'd want her to look like. Or no, doesn't seem to follow the story in the same way. But like I said, I don't want a film to be the same. The Jungle Book was good, but it wasn't the same as the cartoon. If it's you thought the Jungle Book was good, this is miles better. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want... When, when someone makes something in live action, I don't want to see the same thing with real people. I want to see a new version of that story. And do you know what? That is exactly what they've done. They've expanded the story. They've expanded the songs. They've changed the lyrics. They've added more comedy. They've basically taken everything that the original needed and put it into this. Yeah. And it's worked, in my opinion. Excellent. Well, I had another friend that saw it yesterday. They had another screening in Leicester Square yesterday. Um, I think this is where Disney sometimes do free screenings like to get a bit of uh, publicity before the film officially comes out and I messaged her and said my friend's seen it I, I, I called you a friend Chris hope you don't mind nah. and um, <laughs> no I said, my friend saw it the other day and said it was better than the original love to hear your thoughts and she said I completely agree Ooh. now that's only two people admittedly that's only two people but for two people to have seen that film and I, I don't think she's a, a massive Disney fan uh, herself, but a fan of the original, um, and have turned around and said that they think they've taken what that film was and made it better. That's going yeah. to be a good sign. I'm telling you now, it will make more money 
than the new Star Wars film. Nah. Well, it will this year. This year it will. Well, in total. In total. We're having a 10p bet here. 10p bet, yeah. Okay. So you think it's going to make potentially almost one and a half to two billion dollars, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If all the Harry Potter people go and see it, all the Disney people go and see it, you've got the the streams of being cross people. It's just, it falls into so many great categories. Even people that like Stanley Tucci's penis, those people are going to go and see it. That's all of us! Emma Thompson is a Disney legend. All those people are going to go and see it. It, it just hits every even, people love Alan Menken and all the stuff he does on stage. They, they all of these things just they're just ingredients to make something that will absolutely be brilliant and it so, will drive people to the cinemas. So basically, Mulan is going to have a lot to live up to. Oh, that god, they probably too. even put that in the bin now. <laughs> Straight to DVD, <laughs> on, yeah, probably. Is Straight there any? Is any truth in the rumours <laughs> that they've already started signing up for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas? <laughs> Not that I was aware. <laughs> uh, they're, they're actually getting, the next Beauty and the Beast film is uh, the sequel, which of course is going to be uh, Beauty and the Beast to Electric Boogaloo, is actually based on uh, the old Linda Hamilton and Ron Pellman TV series. Where the beast oh. will live in the sewers in, of New York, turned back into a beast, and she'll be uh, a sassy cop on the other side of town. <laughs> on the other side of the law. Is, is Emma Thompson a Disney legend? No. Emma Watson? No, Emma Thompson. No, no. Because um, Emma Thompson right. was P.L. Travers. Uh, yeah, it was P.L. Travers. Yeah, she was P.L. Travers. I'm, I feel mm. like she's done other stuff with Disney as well, but I think she should be a Disney legend. Why is she in this as well? She's she Mrs. plays Potts. Mrs. Potts. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, so two Emmas in the same film. I know that's confusing. <laughs> but Emma are. Watson, though, don't you find her a bit wooden? Not in this, she isn't. I have seen her in like, Harry Potter and things like that where she's quite wooden, but in this, she's um, really on point, and she has a really nice singing voice. See, I think that's, like you, you said there, that you think it's going to appeal to the Harry Potter fa- fans as well as uh, the Beauty and the Beast fans. And what I think could be its downfall, unfortunately, is the fact that people that like Harry Potter might not necessarily want to see her in such a, an iconic role. And people that are Disney fans that have seen Harry Potter have already decided she's not a good actress. And so, but at the same time, I think the word of mouth on this one. It, it will have a huge weekend, huge opening weekend, and I think the word of mouth will be what carries it through. Mm. But that's why that's why I, I'm with Craig on, on, on his 10p bet that it's not going to make more buck than Star Wars, purely because I think it will be a, a slower burn, and I think people will try and uh, not maybe not rush the cinema to see it, but we'll wait for it to come out. Um, I won't be. I will be one of those people we were discussing. We were trying to uh, go with some friends yesterday, but I think um, just me and the wife are going to go and and see it because trying to organise kids is is just to be babysat too much. Um, Go on date night. Perfect date night film. Well, I think, to be honest, our date night will probably be with our daughter because Mm. she loves the, the cartoon. Um, and she loves... Okay, so that's a good question, actually. So, my daughter's only uh, just come up to four. Um, she loves the cartoon, 
but she does like the live action Alice in Wonderland yeah film for example um so she's and, and she likes the cartoon version so she doesn't mind an adaptation like watching an adaption she understands it's different and everything like that um but so she's still quite young do you think it would be suitable to take her to this has she seen the live action jungle book yes okay yeah. well i would say that the parts that are scary in beauty and the beast are as scary as jungle book she didn't apparently i didn't go with her but my wife took took her to go and see it and uh she jumped uh, my wife jumped but she didn't uh when uh Shere khan jumped at the screen quite early on in the film well so, the, the uh, only the only and they appear a couple of times the only things that are scary for a small child i would say is probably the wolves yep in the forest they're yep. quite scary okay okay but other than that the rest of it um there's a lot of peril there's a lot of suspense and then there's huge amounts of comedy and slapstick and and just loads and loads and loads of singing and really nice lyrical songs so i think it, i think it, she would be okay with this yeah okay cool i didn't want to have any other questions for for chris on this Nope, I'm just so excited to see it. I'm literally going with 50 brownies and girl guides. <laughs> you better take some Kleenex with you because they're all going to be balling at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Craig, I thought, I, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, how long's the film, Chris? About two and a bit hours? Yeah, it's quite that's, a lengthy film. That's an awful lot of brownies to eat in that, in that time, though, Craig. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll smash that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. But I liked it that much that I'm going to go and play and see it again. So, and I don't say that. I didn't say that about Jungle Book or, yeah. In fact, the only film I've ever seen more than once at the cinema was Skyfall. Wow. Skyfall, apple crumble. <laughs> it's. Uh, it's I've pretty... still never seen Skyfall. Oh, it's, oh, it's good, on, Craig. Ray. It is. It is good. I actually quite like Spectre as well, actually, but. Skyfall, especially coming off the back of Quantum of Solace, is oh, uh, God, yeah. very good film. Yeah, I've probably, all our expectations were so low. I think. I think I think it's probably the most rewatched, my re- most rewatched Bond film that doesn't star Timothy Dalton. Oh, controversial! We should do a Bond episode for Pop After Dark. Oh yeah, great! Love that. Jot it down. Next episode sorted. Yeah. Um, Right, was there any other Disney movie news that anyone wanted to talk about tonight? Oh, I have one brief thing I wanted to say. I went to the O2 and saw Jack Whitehall, and he just makes jokes about Disney and Disneyland all the way through. Really? Yeah, so if you like Jack mm-hmm. Whitehall, if you like Disney, go and see Jack Whitehall. Because <laughs> funny enough, um, Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, we got his stand-up DVD for Christmas, mm. and uh, he does a, a bit in there about going to Disneyland Paris. Ooh. which he was quite surprised about. Um, yeah, we think he's very funny. The, you know, because what it was, I know you mentioned the other day you was going, you said there was a bit of a Disney connection. Mm. I, I thought I knew what the Disney connection was that you was referring to, but I, I don't yeah. know. You, you didn't mention it. So did you know he was supposed to be in Frozen? This is what he starts off by joking ah. about. Because yeah. I thought he was in it because a lot of Disney and Pixar films have a character who has one line and then in every country that person like the famous people from that country does does that line so for example yes. toy story has got andy peters as the luggage man oh no 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 andy peters is in every version 
That's not a local thing. Are you sure? That's that's a rare one where it's true. Um, oh, okay. Is that true? Is that true? But but at the same time, um, I know uh, cars. That yeah, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton did the English version, and was it Michael Schumacher did another version? Is this before or after the accident? Before. <laughs> I was going to say. I've, the version I've got's got Schumacher on it. Oh well, I, I, it might be the second one actually, but there is a there is. Yeah. I think Lewis Hamilton's mm. only in. <laughs> yeah, we know it sucks, Craig. It really does suck. Um, but yeah, I know Lewis Hamilton isn't in all the versions, but I maybe may have got confused. I know Jeremy Clarkson does a voice yeah. in, in English cars, but not in the American cars. Yeah, the American version is Jeremy Piven. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Why was that? I don't know. Just because so, his name was Jeremy? Possibly, yeah. Maybe they just <laughs> went for different versions of Jeremy across the world. They, they booked the wrong bloke on the day. Yeah, it could have been Carl. So, so is he in the Frozen or not? No. He's not? No, he's not in Frozen at all. No. He did record a part and it got cut out. That's what he said. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't actually know. I, I When you watch it, I was trying to work out where he could have, what part he could have had. And I thought maybe he could have been a troll. Um, mm. But there's a little boy right near the beginning when, um, after like the opening sequence, when it's the coronation day and mm. the camera kind of pans through and a kid there's a kid that says about why do I have to dress up and the mum says oh it's because it's a coronation and he goes that's not my fault and I thought <laughs> that I could imagine him playing that kind of role it might have been a bit too the character might have been a bit too young for, for his voice but um, well, yeah. he said that um, part of it they put him up in the Disneyland hotel on site at Disneyland wow. uh, the original Disneyland hotel hmm. and they gave him this gift basket or something in the room that had all this stuff in it like disney teddy bears and toys and stuff and one of the things was a towel from the film up and he said that he grabbed the towel went into the shower and had his shower got out and was drying himself with the towel and he realized that as he was flossing his ass crack the 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 bloke the widow from up was staring at him in the towel and he was like i am so sorry for your loss will i clean my balls (laughs) Oh, poor Carl. But then at the end, he has this big frozen number and he, he dresses up as Shrek and, uh, yeah, it's all a bit random. Yeah. I, 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 you know, saying about localised voices, Shrek 2 was the first time I noticed that in a film and I found out that in the English version, in the English version, Jonathan Ross plays a woman that looks a bit blokish and it was Dennis Leary, I think, in the American version. But there's also a bit where there's like a bit of a red carpet. I can't remember, I've not seen Shrek 2 in a long time, but there was a red carpet type bit. There must have been someone's party or something. And the character very much looks like Joan Rivers and he's voiced by Joan Rivers. But in the English version, it was Kate Thornton. Ooh. If anyone remembers her. Blimey, she's still going. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you see on Loose Women every now and again. I don't because I don't watch it because it's a load of cack. <laughs> You're in it. I'm in. I'm in the title. <sighs> Loose. Um, 
yeah, so I know they do that. They do that quite often, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they've done that for a while now. Actually, I can't remember the last film. Other, well, I think it was probably Cars was the last time. Well, I did hear a thing the other week. I think Kelly McDonald was being interviewed, or they were talking about it because of Trainspotting Two. I didn't realise um, she voiced uh, Merida in Brave, but she wasn't the first choice. No, she wasn't. Oh, it was. It was uh, Reese with a spoon. Yeah. Which is quite what about funny, Reese without a spoon. Oh, well, uh, that's the exactly the joke I was going to make. One of my favorite one of my <laughs> favorite too well mate. One of my favorite one of my favorite memes is uh Reese with a spoon, Reese without a spoon. That does crack me up. Um yeah, and she couldn't get the Scottish accent. She couldn't Ooh. nail it. So, funny. And then she voiced a singing pig and sing. So, everything came out Millhouse. Uh, <laughs> any more for any more? No. No. No? No. No. Well, that wraps up our Oscar Disney movie special. Um, I think what we've learned from today's episode is go and see Beauty and the Beast. Go and see And Scouse has ruled the world. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a whopper. Uh, and on that bombshell, we'll see you with another Diz After Dark very soon. Bye. Bye. See ya. Ta da. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash Diz After Dark. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Diz After Dark. Thank you. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.